If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. A week after the 2022 midterm elections, we mostly know who won and who did not. There were a lot of surprise outcomes that will make the next few years more interesting, politically anyway, in America's premier purple state. Of course, the biggest news of the cycle is that Democrat Katie Hobbs was projected as the winner of the governor's race against Republican Carrie Lake. That happened Monday evening. Hobbs will be Arizona's first Democratic governor since Janet Napolitano left office to join the Obama administration in 2009. Hobbs' reward? She will likely be working with a Republican-controlled legislature. So what will that mean for the state, and what still isn't decided after a week of counting? Welcome to The Gaggle, a politics podcast by the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. I'm your host, Ron Hansen. I cover national politics for the Republic. Joining me to make sense of what happened are Republic reporters Stacey Barchinger and Ray Stern. They've been covering the governor's race and the legislative races throughout all this. Stacey and Ray, welcome back. Hey there, happy to be here. Thank you. So, Stacey, I will start with you. When we last had you on the gaggle way back on Friday, Hobbs was leading, but there was a sense that Lake was about to make a big surge. She did cut the margins, but never took the lead. Do we know what happened in that I mean, it's sort of interesting to me how much this echoes what we saw in Arizona in 2020 in the presidential contest. Um, You had Katie Hobbs with a surprisingly large lead right out of the gate last Tuesday at one point up to 14 points. I have not talked to anyone who expected her lead would be that big day of. Of course, as Voters who cast their ballots on election day or dropped their ballots off on election day, as those votes started to be counted and added to the totals, we did expect Lake to come back to gain ground. The big question was, going into the election, frankly, was when Lake surpassed Hobbs. And we just learned that whatever momentum she had, it was never enough. Um, Just like we saw in 2020, Trump gained ground on Joe Biden, but never enough to surpass him. Ultimately, the race was called Monday night when the number of remaining votes just dwindled so much that Carrie Lake needed, I think it was more than 68% of remaining ballots. And that math just hasn't added up based on returns so far. So we saw news organizations call the race um, for Democrat Katie Hobbs. Okay, if the media has called this race... One person who has not given in is Carrie Lake. As we record this on Tuesday, she still has not conceded this race. She never acknowledged the legitimacy of President Joe Biden's win over former President Donald Trump. So what's keeping her from making an issue, legally or otherwise at this point, from claiming fraud here? Do we expect something like that? Or which, which way is this going to end for her? 
Yeah, I mean, I absolutely expect that we will hear more from Carrie Lake, likely in the form of a lawsuit. And here's why I feel that way, though she is a prolific tweeter who has gone quiet over the last couple of days, except for to say on Monday night, Arizonans know BS when they see it. This was uh, minutes after the race was called for Katie Hobbs. We know that she has brought in new attorneys to keep an eye on Election Day happenings. Um, That includes Harmeet Dillon, who has worked for President Trump, um, is an RNC committee member, very prominent GOP lawyer. And we see evidence that Carrie Lake perhaps is already trying to build a case. She unveiled a website where she's asking for people who had problems on Election Day to tell their stories. The campaign has not said what the purpose of that is, but you have to think that it is to build a case or at least point to people who were impacted by the printing issues we saw in Maricopa County, for example, last Tuesday. I think it's noteworthy that we took a look at other swing states where sort of similar contests played out this cycle, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin. You know, these all had races where people who did not accept Joe Biden's win in 2020 were on the ballot for governor's offices. They all lost at times by more than 10 points, and all of those candidates have conceded. So if Carrie Lake does not, she would be the lone wolf still pursuing these claims. Ray, the one thing that does seem certain at this point is that Governor-elect Hobbs will be dealing with Republicans in charge in the state Senate. And it seems likely the GOP will win the House again as well. Do we have a sense of how that relationship with this next legislature and a new governor is going to work? Well, we're starting to. The uh, House just selected its leadership today. The uh, Republicans in the House just selected their leadership today. And they chose um, the former majority leader, Ben Toma, to be the Speaker of the House. And this was seen to be a a choice that that some people uh, have told me that means that they would work better with uh, Governor Hobbs. There was uh, some talk that uh, that this would be a, a much more further right uh, sort of lineup, and the uh, the person that was sort of the favored candidate of the um, the Trump Republicans in, in the far right was Joseph Chaplick of, of Scottsdale, um, and so. There were some actually unprecedented outside money spent on trying to uh, get Chaplick and also Warren Peterson uh, in the Senate elected to these uh, leadership positions. And that, I think, was maybe a little better of an idea when they, when uh, it seemed like Lake would, would get in and then everyone would be friendly and happy and working together. But now a different approach is needed. And, and there's still the question of what's going to happen in the Senate because, um, as I mentioned, in the Senate, Warren Peterson is the, is the new Senate president-elect and um, Sonny Borelli is the majority leader. And so both of those guys um, have definitely promoted election conspiracy theories. And uh, in fact, Warren Peterson worked with uh, current Senate President Karen Fan to, to get that partisan audit launched that the whole country you know learned about uh, with Cyber Ninjas. Uh, so after just talking to uh, Ben Toma today, um, there's a lot of optimism among Republicans that that they can still get something done. It is not going to be the free for all that that some thought it would be, but there is expectation that that they can get the serious problems in Arizona looked at and and, and hopefully worked and solved. Uh, there's things like water and and schools and uh, infrastructure that you know, are, are things that both Democrats and Republicans are interested in, in fixing. So, so I think we'll see some collaboration on, on some, of the, some of the more important things. 
And and I will say this is a signal that we've heard from Katie Hobbs on the campaign trail and both as governor-elect, right? She campaigned, pointing to her history, her own eight-year history in the legislature working across the aisle. She was the minority leader, so she basically had to work across the aisle to get anything done. But then in her victory speech on Tuesday, she says Republicans and Democrats will have an open door to her office to tackle some of these issues that Ray just talked about. For those Arizonans who didn't vote for me, know that I will work just as hard for you. Because Because even in this moment of division, I believe there is so much more that connects us. We all want lower costs, safer streets, a secure border, better schools, and water for generations to come. So having an open door is one thing, but actually reaching out is another, and finding common ground can be very tricky. Is there anything that you would expect heading into the next session that looks like especially promising policy areas where Governor Hobbs and the GOP legislature seem likely to make some kind of deal that will help set the tone for the next year in in Arizona? I I would just start off by saying that I've it, it's possible to imagine uh, that no, it, that, that there wouldn't be anything <laughs> happening that would be positive. I mean, it, it could turn into just a, a lot of frustration. Hopefully that won't be the case. But um, there are certainly a lot of Republicans that, that are in the legislature right now who are going to come into the legislature next year who are not happy at all to see Hobbs as governor. There'll be frustration, there'll be fights. And um, and I think that we're all going to need a certain amount of optimism to to maybe hope that something beneficial does happen. There's certainly some some major needs for the state that need to get. Well, I'll, I'll jump in with a little optimism here, despite a lack of sleep. Um, I mean, I think, you know, Arizona has two abortion laws on the books, this very, very old one that is almost a complete ban and then a 15-week ban. Katie Hobbs has said she wants to tackle that near total ban right out of the gate. With the new legislature, we don't exactly know how they will will land on this issue, but I suspect we could see some working behind the scenes to repeal that old law. I'm not by any means saying you know, relaxing of any restriction on abortion. I don't think that's feasible here. Um, But I think that's one issue you could see them at least trying to work together on. And then I do wonder about water. I think Governor Ducey leaves the state with some momentum on the water issue. You know, his big $1 billion investment in his final year in office, a recognition from the legislature, at least the members that will be, you know, continue over for another term that this is an important issue, and I and I know that the Hobbs administration wants to focus on that too. Well, they do, and I don't think anyone wants to leave the state in a lurch. And so there actually is optimism that, that we'll see some collaboration. We're going to see coalitions of, of people working together. This is kind of what happened in the past. Um, in 2000, the Senate was tied, and there was you know an interesting collaboration between not only uh, Senate Democrats and Republicans, but also in the House as well. Um, Democrats had their bills heard in committees, um, there was much, much more of a spirit of collaboration. So that's what we could see here. 
you know, with abortion, it's it's going to be, you know, a sort of a moderating influence, I imagine, because there, there are people like Jay Kaufman, um, who right at the end of the last session uh, this year, wanted to get something introduced that would have been a, a ban that would have been at least as rigid as this 1864 ban, uh, just a complete abortion ban. And so I think it's safe to say that the, uh, you know, certainly the knowledge that a Governor Hobbs will not sign anything like that will really limit what, you know, what realistically is going to come out of the legislature. So that should produce some um, moderate uh, bills. On, on abortion. And the other thing I wanted to mention is the, the election integrity uh, stuff. Uh, as Republicans call it, election integrity is, is important. Uh, they need to solve the alleged fraud that, that apparently there's, uh, uh, you know, they still believe happened, but there's no proof for it. And Senator Peterson just basically made uh, uh, Senator Wendy Rogers the chair of this new election committee. And again, I think this was with the thought that they would have Lake there who wanted to see some of these election reform bills come up as soon as possible. Some of them were possibly going to eliminate early voting and mail-in voting and, and do other things that some of the, the more right-wing people wanted to see. And so Wendy Rogers may hear a lot of these bills. They may even pass some out of the Senate, but they must know that they're going to go nowhere once they get them out of there. So they're going to have to do something that, that both Republicans and Democrats like. I suspect that you are right about some of these bills finding their way to the governor's office and finding no place to go after that. Let's talk about some of the fights that are inevitable here and really what matters most is it relates to a budget for the next year, tax policy, education funding and such. Are there any clear uh, battlegrounds right now that you all can see that this new governor and this new legislature are just headed for confrontation and will affect Arizonans as they as they look for whatever they are needing for their schools and such. Well, I guess I'll just say that that when we see the coalitions working to get things done, um, that there will be deal making, and we can't. You know, nobody is going to be able to forget that there are a lot of. Freedom First or America First uh, Republicans that are in the legislature right now, um, they have a slightly different take on things than the uh, so-called moderate Republicans. And to think that they're just going to be satisfied with getting nothing the entire year is probably wrong. Um, so, so some deals will be made. And I think that you know we, we still may see some of the more extreme, as it's called, right-wing legislation that could come out if it's part of a package deal to make something bigger happen. Because even Democrats want to get stuff done, and, and that's not going to be possible without the help of the Republicans in the legislature. I do think to raise previous point about fights, anything elections that would significantly change the way people vote here, like Governor Hobbs is not signing a bill to get rid of early voting. I mean, she has campaigned on expanding it even further. So I think we'll see some fights over any election-related reforms. And then certainly, you know, the perennial budget issue of public school funding. This puts Katie Hobbs at odds with the Republican-dominated legislature, right? And this is a fight that we've seen, you know, Governor Ducey have, too, with some very powerful public school advocates. Katie Hobbs has said she wants to add funding to better fund teachers to reduce the shortage. She has said she would not have signed Governor Ducey's voucher bill, the Empowerment Scholarship Account Bill, that just was expanded statewide in his last year. So I think even with the farther right shift of the legislature, you're still going to see some of these issues that have come up in past years and created fights just create new fights, maybe with a different tone. 
Yeah, it's going to be such an interesting year. I think we can all agree on that. The uh, Democrats are also going to get some of what they want as well. And so um, there'll be an interesting dynamic there with the so-called mainstream Democrats and a batch of new progressive Democrats that are coming in. They all have ideas that, that they want to see move forward. And so the question is, can they work together to get them done? And you think it, uh, you know, I think that when you look at something like, say, affordable housing, Republicans and Democrats are, are both interested in that. They have different ideas about how it should be done and funded. But, you know, again, being optimistic, that's an area where, where I think that, that we may see some collaboration. And, and that is just one example of, of something that both the Republicans and Democrats could do that Hobbs might like. Not to sound pessimistic, but I wouldn't make plans between Memorial Day and the 4th of July. Um, let's shift gears a bit. Ray, there are still a few legislative races that aren't totally behind us. We don't know who the winners in some of those races. How will some of those races affect the working margins and the legislative space for Hobbs's agenda? Well, it looks like it's going to end up with the same one vote majority for Republicans in both the Senate and the House that we had this year. There is one race at this point, um, as, as the last few thousand votes get counted, that could potentially flip from Democrat to Republican. And so that would enhance the Republicans' stance a, a little bit. But there's there's really not much chance at this point that any of the um, Republicans will flip to Democrat. That looked like it could happen. Definitely when the first results came in, you know, and we, we saw Hobbs with a big lead, um, there was also, you know, this effect on the legislature candidates as well. And, and it looked like the first night, like, wow, we're going to have a completely Democratic legislature. But of course, that didn't happen. And Democrats still did better than than I think people thought that they would. And there were some predictions that this would be a even more sort of robust Republican majority. So the fact that it's, again, a, you know, a razor thin one vote majority is, is what it's probably headed to um, will mean more coalition building. Stacey, uh, Republicans are in the early days of figuring out what all their losses mean for them as a party. And here in Arizona, in particular, there are some really disappointing results for Republican candidates at the statewide level and, and even below that. What are you hearing on the Republican front as far as next steps for them? What, what do they need to do? What are they, what are they considering? Yeah, well, I will say that after the governor's race was called, there was almost immediate pushback about Kelly Ward continuing to lead the state Republican Party. And it's kind of interesting because, you know, Kelly Ward is under investigation by the January 6th committee. We know that the party lost seats in 2020. Of course, the state went for Joe Biden um, after supporting Trump and coming out big for him in 2016. So, we already had that record. And then now this cycle, we've seen losses at at least three of the top ticket races so far with other ones yet to call. So a couple of prominent Republicans have come out and said publicly that they think it's time for her, Kelly Ward, to step down. Um, Karen Taylor Robeson, the developer who ran for governor this cycle, ultimately losing to Carrie Lake called on Ward to resign, says she had every opportunity to succeed and, quote, she failed and failed and failed again. Um, I also spoke this morning to former Congressman Matt Salmon, who also ran a bid for governor this year, and he is very upset with the party's performance. He thought 
as we all did, that this was going to be a very strong year for Republicans and to have these losses at the top of the ticket stings. What he said is, you know, he wants to get back to being the Republican Party of ideas, not cult personalities, and made this kind of great analogy, which is if you have a football program that is not succeeding, you fire the coach. Sharp words from some prominent Republicans there. Stacey, we now have a transition to a new governor. Has the current governor, Doug Ducey, been in touch with Katie Hobbs and her team? And do we have a sense of how the transition period is going to play itself out? Yeah, so I understand that Governor Ducey, um, who is actually in Orlando for a Republican Governors Association conference, he called Hobbs Tuesday morning to congratulate her on her victory. And thus begins what I understand to be a somewhat hectic transition process. Um, I have not lived through one in Arizona, but Katie Hobbs has about two months to figure out how to run the state before she's sworn in and then very quickly has to come up with a budget proposal as governor. She's got a staff in place at the Secretary of State's office that has experience under its belt. So I anticipate we'll see some of her aides there on the roster in the governor's office. But this is certainly something that I will spend a lot of time nailing down over the next two months. Okay, well, thank you both for joining the show, as always, and congratulations on surviving the election, which is no small feat. If people want to follow you on Twitter, where can they find you? Uh, They can find me on Twitter at sbarchinger. It's S-B-A-R-C-H-E-N-G-E-R. They can find me at Twitter at Ray Stern. That is it for today, Gaggle listeners. There are more election results rolling in as ballots continue to be counted. You can keep up with all of them by subscribing to azcentral.com. You can always reach out to The Gaggle via email at thegaggle at arizonarepublic.com. That's one word, all spelled out. Don't forget to rate and review our show and share it with a friend. If you want to reach out to me on Twitter, I'm at Ronald J. Hansen. That's H-A-N-S-E-N. Today's episode was edited and produced by Amanda Luberto. You can follow her at Amanda Luberto. That's L-U-B-E-R-T-O. Thanks for listening to The Gaggle, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. We'll see you next week.